Hi. I can't believe it's three o'clock already. Tell me about it. How did that happen? I don't know. Wednesdays are becoming hectic. Yes, but Wednesday at three o'clock is set in stone, so there we are. You all know my alarm goes off at 2.30, so that gives me half an hour to stop, drop, and roll and get into podcast mode. And we've been compiling piles because the train has been derailed a few times in the last. I'd say the last four times I derailed the train before you ever got in the engine. (laughs) Sorry. So today I have no derailments. That's what you think. Uh Oh, (laughs) all right. I'm ready. I can hear Kevin laughing in the background because there's always a derailment. So it's funny because the words that I had planned for, because I have the month usually laid out. I have the month for my social media laid out. I have our podcasts laid out. And then I have the Sports Game Changers podcast plan laid out. Plan everything out. Sick. You have way more GABA than I do, girl. You wouldn't think I would, but I must. Because I may thrive on the list, and you were talking about that the last time. Well, and it's like GABA and dopamine, because you're a dopamine girl for sure. Yes. And you have to watch Roger Bellica's neurotransmitter workshop, the second one he did, where he split the groups. The room around, yes. The room around, do you remember that one? Yes. And there were like, out of 40 people, there were three that were GABA and dopamine together. And four that were GABA and serotonin because they're almost neurologic opposites. But I would guess, if I had to guess, somebody that runs as much as you is not only dopamine, but if you got your 23andMe and NewTracker done, pretty safe guess that you have SNPs in all of the COMT pathways. I'm going to have to, I do have a 2023 me done. I just have to get it like biohacked. And the biohack is you send the, the total text file, which is actually these days hard to find. Okay. I use NutraHacker, which is not the most popular one. Okay. But it, because it gives not only the SNPs, but what to avoid, what they do, what to do to avoid problems with them and what to avoid and what to do. And back in the day, when before I hit 55 and the wheels came off, I ran three miles a day, six miles on Saturday, rode horses, scuba dived, just sweated all the time and yes so that's comt and dopamine and i have almost no gaba at all which is why you make the list and i derail the train (laughs) (laughs) so this actually blends in well with the plan that i had today because the word that you love that you go back to a lot is synergy synthesis I have syn- I have synthesis and synergy written down as like a Carol word. So you must have said it at some point. Yeah, they go together. They do. And I've had a week of 
and I don't want to call them failures, but severe, disappointing missteps. Ah, had a few of my own, actually. And it's like the universe, just when you start to get in your groove and feeling good about everything is like, just wait, you're not done learning. Yeah. Just so you know. I hate it when it does that. Just Mm -hmm. saying. And here's the thing. It this happened to me before after we blew apart the core together during COVID and I had the most complicated patient of all time come down to see me. These this one patient in particular is not complicated. But it's not working. Shouldn't be complicated. Shouldn't be complicated. Which means in my world of failures, it shouldn't be complicated. So what am I missing? Totally. This should be easy and it's not. So what? Yes. I had, I have an MCAS patient. Actually, he came in as a mold patient. Didn't know. No one who has seen him has diagnosed him with MCAS. Mass cell activation syndrome. And one of the symptoms of that is severe itching. I mentioned him last week because his severe itching was along C6. Right. And so he has this leathery patch of red skin. And I treated the C6 nerve root X number of times. And the itching died down. But it's really bothersome to him. And he's a he is a difficult patient to begin with because of his history and the way his mind works. But it occurred to me the leathery skin is gone. The wounds are healing. Why is he still so bothered? And the solution was 40 and 92. Oh, yeah. So anytime something is chronically painful, the area donated to that space, to that patch of body, expands in the sensory and motor cortex. So it shouldn't be so bothersome. On the regular homunculus, the side of your left arm is like that big. And in somebody who's been tearing his skin off, you quiet down that patch and it shrinks back to normal size. But remember that slide, why do you scratch when you itch? The periaqueductal gray, and there's one other, there's an area in the cortex that suppresses a compulsive itching. Periaqueductal gray produces morphine. So It's the only patient I've ever done where I increase secretions in the medulla, which is where the PAG is. And it's okay, let's give it some opiates and let's quiet down the sensory cortex. And that helped. Yeah. You learn more from your failures, I'm afraid. And I, and that's very true. And some of the best case reports that I have written up were on the trajectory of going in the garbage can and me firing the patient and breaking up because I couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah. I'm not the guy. And this is the point that I'm at. I feel like I've tried everything. We've got all the imaging 
that imaging could predict and give us, and there is nothing. There is not a disc, there is not a facet, there is no stenosis, there is beautiful, pristine, objective, good imaging in the neck. neck. And does it hurt more when they tip thread forward or when they hit tip thread back? Both equally. And 124 and 100 didn't change anything. No. I hate it when that happens. I flexion extension films, there's no slidey stuff. No. And they get worse and worse every time I treat them. It's not like they're the same. They're worse. I barely touch them too, by the way. So it's not like I have my meat hooks in them. And when I touch them, they're bad. When I don't touch them, they're bad. It's always bad. Had one like that. And I did a whole session where I never touched her. Right. Just, I'm not going to touch your neck. That's what I did treatment three or four. And... That made her worse too? Yes. At which point you're on beach and concussion in Vegas? I've done it, not together, but I ran those. Didn't work. Didn't work. Huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm at a loss because I hate making people worse. Oh, yeah. I, and sometimes I would actually... The only thing I hate making people worse is when there's no change. Because part of me is thinking, well, at least we're doing something. And usually in my world, when I make somebody worse, it's taking out scar tissue that was holding up something. Yeah. And 124 is always the antidote. Exactly. It's like mm-hmm. 40 and 81 antidote each other. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. It's hard. So why did she come to see you? instead of somebody else they've tried a lot of people heard about this I don't know when I think about this case and I thought about the word you have synthesis when I was saying synergy there is a certain codependent relationship you have when you work with somebody especially with what we do yeah I feel this patient just could not does not want to get better exactly yeah there no infections yeah that's infections don't cause neck pain unless you and i'm you treated the dura and the sensory cortex and 40 and 89 and all that yeah then that's the last part of age is resistance to healing that's harry's and i love that last part and i have run that just as a single pair on certain people to crack the yeah crack the wall yeah i am at an absolute loss so there are times when it's just that you love to know the mechanism no i know so what happened just before it started like the person's pain yeah what happened just before that's always my first question. And there were some emotional things that I thought we dealt with. I think of the person in the core with the fuzzy bunny slippers that was taking out. That's the person I thought of right away when I heard the history. Unless there's stuff in the history that just isn't being told. Huh. 
And then... And this person is very young. How young? 20s. What? In their 20s. Early 20s. When did the pain start? Two years ago. Three years ago. So she was still in her 20s. Correct. No trauma. Not that I've been told. But I've run trauma because something happened. No, I mean, the pain came from space? Yes. No. Can I say that's a good face? <laughs> that's a good face. It's wait, pain never comes from space. So when patients- so I said last time, yeah, birth trauma, maybe. I don't know about why it would start when it did. I don't know if something happened during COVID, like lockdown, if something happened. And that's where I'm trying to trace back the steps. But yeah, I am going to say, I think the next time I see them, which is going to be tomorrow, maybe. I need to know more. If I'm going to help you, there's something I don't know. That is a really good question. So the question I always ask is, what happened just before? And so your just before is months, weeks, years, days. Weeks. And that's why you ask for linear. The clue with brain injury patients is... They can't do a linear timeline. It's like scattershot. Yeah. But something happened yep. just before. Either that or somebody else is paying for her care and staying in pain is the only power she has. The only thing I can do for that is there's two things and it depends on you and your comfort level, and it depends on the patient. You can ask them directly. I had a patient this week where she had some leg pain and low back disc stuff, but her major complaint, her first complaint was she and her husband have separated because she dissociates when they have a discussion or there's conflict resolution. Now, there are patients that use the word, I get anxious, I get angry, I just need to take a break, I close up. I have treated five multiple personalities in chiropractic practice and was taught about two when I was in my master's program because of what my teacher, my preceptor did nobody uses the word I dissociate and so I asked it, it was one of those moments where I just sort of saw what was going on as soon as I put my hands on her body to treat her low back she just left her body and you could just see her person fly up into at least I could that day I don't normally do this but it's so this exam would go better if you stayed in your body and she went you saw that and went yeah it's nice that you stayed in the room but come a little closer it's going to be okay I promise I won't hurt you so she came a little closer so actually you have to be in your body to feel whether this is sharp dull or icky and then she could do that then you get to the history of her 
And a lot of her history was early childhood trauma. And that's when multiple personalities are created. So the first two days, we just ran concussion in Vegas. And I had one machine on 40 and 89, because when personalities split off, when the early childhood trauma or the life trauma, she didn't leave home till she was 18. The life trauma is so bad. They're, the multiples split off at specific ages when the trauma is just so great that they part of them stays back and part of them goes forward and they wall it off in the hippocampus. At least that's my idea about it. That may not be the current way people think about it. The first day, I just ran concussion in Vegas, and we actually talked about what ages she split off. And because I was comfortable with it, she was comfortable. You do know that each one of the personalities, each one of your parts, it's safer to say parts because she doesn't have an official diagnosis and some chiropractor in Trotdale is not the one to give it to her. So each of the parts that you describe is going to have different physical symptoms. And she went, ah, okay. I said, now the adult that's here has a disc and leg pain and low back pain. So that I can fix. But until we make it easier for the parts to be together, this is going to be a very difficult six days. So is it okay with you? And she checks in and said, yeah. So we ran concussion in Vegas the first day and she felt calmer and all of the parts were able to have a conversation that night. And then, so the second day we ran concussion in Vegas and I had one machine that was just on 40 and 89. That's it. Just tell the, as you say, tell the limbic system to take a nap. Mm -hmm. And at the end of that, she's all floaty. She's easy. And I said, no, on Thursday, we'll work on your low back. That's not what's wrong with your patient, but something's missing. Yes. This patient's had a lot of therapy. Yeah. Really good therapy. So She's aware of the early childhood trauma, and it was the presenting feature of, it's the first part of her history. So yeah. that's what's face forward. And, oh, yeah, I have low back pain. And I had this auto accident. That was the other thing. Her BIVS, anything above 18, they should see an FCOVD. Her BIVS score was 56, which might count for a little bit of the anxiety and the midbrain stress. But once again, that doesn't answer your question. But the question to ask is, what's your childhood like? And what happened three days before this started? Nothing. And the answer is always, it's never nothing. Yes. It's never nothing. And I'm sure you've already done all this. Three days before... A week before, two weeks before, did you get a COVID vaccine? Because it could be something as simple as virus in the meninges. Okay. I haven't run that one yet. Scarring in the meninges, but you have to ask the question first. Yeah. 
it's like the ones where you fail, it's okay, let's start over. Yeah. And I had one orthopedic surgeon that would literally walk out of the treatment room door, turn around, come back in, and then pretend that he'd never seen the patient before. And it's, they got to start over. Yeah. We have two choices. Right. Either we're done or we're going to start over and find out what I missed. And it always has to be your fault, not hers. Totally. And I thought it was going to be just a super slam dunk because it was Disky and Facetti and range of motion was restricted and she was so young, I figured. And then after the scarring type of program didn't work, I thought, okay, it was torn and broken. So that'll be the antidote that made it work. Like it was just worse upon worse. And I do have to say the patient is very negative. Everything is bad. Nothing is going to work. It's like, there is no sunshine at all. Yeah. Yes. I've tried restoring joy. <laughs> like it's not that easy, but yeah. So I don't have a patient like that now. And he's got mold exposure, but he has taken it to excess and he's successful and awards all right. And I said, why are you so obsessed? And I shared my mold history. It's like, I was on antifungals for five years, three years. And he said, well, I'm afraid to take them. And it's like, you got referred from Neil Nathan. He told you what to do. Your doctor prescribed them because Neil just consults now. The doctor prescribed them. You have them. Why aren't you taking? I'm afraid they won't work. And then, of course, they won't work if you don't take them. And then explaining to him over and over again, that the mold is colonized in his body and it's, he doesn't have to be afraid of every room he's in. The mold is in here. That conversation doesn't work. I said, so what are you afraid of? And he said, I'm afraid that it's never going to get better. Yeah. And it's like, you understand that you create that, which you focus on. Mm-hmm. So, Okay. You can stay sick. It won't hurt my feelings, but is that really what you want? And it's, I don't know that whole concept. If she's only had it, number one, she's only had it for two years, but that's 10% of her life. Yeah. And what was her life like before? Athlete, active. Uh, and you did the bait and score on her first thing. And yeah. She's, okay something yeah I'm reading some of the comments yes I've run TTH that was after treatment two or three when I was like I'm missing something so I threw that on fair enough did nothing there was somebody else that made a comment about could be psychological yeah you're right maybe yeah Alf I I did I do ask like these questions like how can I help you and what are the goals like what how do you foresee your outcome after you're better and she was very positive. Oh, I'll go back to my sports and I'll hang out with my friends again. And she said, I don't know if that will happen because I don't know if it's going to ever going to get better. Interesting. I'll keep everybody posted. And if anybody has any ideas, you please email them to me. I'm still off of social media. I was supposed to go back today and I deleted my Facebook account actually. So I will no longer be on Facebook, but I will be back on Instagram. Okay. Then somebody really has to teach me how to use Instagram better. 
because I'll get to a quote or something where I want it to stay. And then it flips on to the next thing and it's wait, come back. But then when you try and flip it back, you end up on somebody else's page. Instagram is very confusing. (laughs) You're not a total Luddite, but. No, it's just something. Yeah. And I have to time myself better and how much time I'm spending on Instagram, I think is my problem. Uh-huh. I just have to find somebody to tell me how to use it. I'll show you. We'll do a show and tell when we're together next month. Okay, we are. I'm so excited. I'm like, I just had the phone call with the trophy shop about how to. Trophy uh, shop. Melinda, three years ago, Wi-Fi, RF, Electro, hires people added boosters, work from home. EMF pain is a pain that comes from midair. This is something I have personal experience. So Melinda, are you thinking of me running like the EMF protocols? Because I have not done that, but I'm open to anything. And why would EMF affect just her neck? There's that. And okay, let's go back to that. Does EMF pain, is that more widespread pain? Oh yeah. Yeah. It affects everything. And it's used as a precipitating factor for everything. And the challenge that we have, your Wi-Fi that's used boosters in your house and whatever. There is a website someplace that lets you tell how many cell phone towers or TV towers, but cell phone towers there are within one mile of your house. Now I live in a suburb that when I did this search first, I was in Chicago in a meeting room. So I did a San Francisco in a meeting room. And inside of a half mile, there were 1,200 cell phone towers inside of maybe it was a mile, Mm -hmm. but 1,200 cell phone towers. And that doesn't count the TV towers and the shortwave and the long wave and all of the stuff that allows you to have PVs. So... Blaming antenna search. Thank you, Melinda. Yeah, the EMF frequency hasn't worked well. It worked well the first time that I used it. But when people freak out about EMF, it's yes, you can turn your router off at night. And yes, you can do all that stuff. But there are still 1,200 cell phone towers within a mile of my house. And there's three television stations. There are people that just think EMF is the answer. George had developed the EMF frequency and I was teaching an instructor class in Phoenix. And everybody at the advanced was complaining that they were waking up, including me, They were waking up at five o'clock in the morning, just buzzed. And it was like that all week long. And the only thing we could think of was that there was an EMF, there was a TV station that came on at five o'clock where the antenna was really close. And so we turned the EMF frequency on and just ran the blue box with the gloves on top of it touching and everybody felt better. So 
that's when we got the idea that it worked. The question is, what tissue do you put it on? My vote would be on 89 or 94 or 562 kids. Becker talked about, Becker talked about the immune system. Becker talked about white blood cells reacting to a 100-watt light bulb that was turned on 10 feet away. Wow. Okay. And then he also talked about the effect of electromagnetic stuff on the sympathetic nervous system. So 562. Yeah, this isn't dehydration, Melinda. This is, I'm going with whoever it was that said it's psychological. EMF can also choose your favorite misery spot to aggravate. Yeah, there was somebody up here who said it sounds, yeah, you got to find out what happened just before it. And then you really have to be willing to say, we're going to give this two more sessions. And if we can't figure it out, we're done. Yeah. And in order to fix this, I have to know what happened before it started. Yeah. Exactly. What were you doing the day before? Oh, it's been so long. I don't remember. So I'll give you a minute. Figure it out. The week before? Three days before? What were you doing three days before? And this is, I think, one of the reasons why I love working with FSM. Because if I wasn't doing this, I'd be a private investigator. Like, I am a salute. <laughs> this is what I love. And sometimes I get bored with athletes because it's just so stinking easy. <laughs> The injuries on TV for me to watch. There's no mystery. There's and they want to get better desperately. They desperately want to get so the buy-in is there. So, like I said, once in a while, the universe just gives me these curveballs where I have to go into those lateral spaces. The answers are always in the history and our physical exam. Yes, but it's the history. It's like what happened the day before. Yeah, vaccinated. Did you have a fight with your boyfriend? Did you flunk a test? What happened? Did you try on hats? Did you buy new underwear? Just get as outrageous and random as you can. Yeah. This did not come from space. It came from something. And the reason that the treatment isn't working is I'm not working on what caused it. And that's a good introduction as to, okay, we've done this four times. It's not working and it always works. Yeah. So I missed something when we started. Yeah. So we need to go back. And what were you doing the day before? Nothing. It's never nothing. Yeah, exactly. So that these, that's the conversation I would have. This almost reminds me of back in the day when I was a personal trainer and people would not lose weight and they would come to me very angry. I followed your plan to the letter. I followed your diet to the letter and I didn't lose a pound. And I would look them in the eye and I said, because you're lying right now. There is no way if you followed this, you wouldn't have lost weight. So tell me about the cookies that you ate that you didn't put on the list. Tell me about the gummy bears that you hid in your pocket. And there's always something. They're just not being truthful. And I get it. Sometimes talking about trauma or something that's embarrassing, especially when you're coming to see somebody like me. I'm not a therapist. So disclosing some information that people don't think is relevant is the difference between a successful treatment and an unsuccessful treatment. And that's the other thing that I do that's really obnoxious is 
in the history on the as part of my history sheet what's your height what's your weight blah 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 and then in in there someplace when you take have you ever had any surgeries auto accidents or traumas the next question is have you ever been raped molested or abused and it's in a sequence where it surprises them right surgery auto accident have you ever been raped molested or abused and that's sometimes where the physical trauma gets stuck and i have to find what's missing or this isn't going to work yes there's something that i missed have you ever been raped molested or abused what happened the day before two days before it's usually within the first three in somebody that healthy it's going to be three to four days before it won't have been a month it'll be something three to four days before and it might be something you forgot so take a minute and think about it there's a reason that i ended up with a master's in psychology and doing a preceptorship at Planned Parenthood. And it gets you comfortable asking all sorts of questions in a very casual way that it doesn't frighten anybody. If you have a female patient who has not been raped or molested, it'll be less than 20% of your population. If you look at statistics, it's huge. And it maybe 80% is too high, but it's pretty close. 60, 70%. Jeez. Let's go through some of these questions. And then I have some email questions that I want to get to before we forget. What's life without a challenge? Thanks, Leaf. That's right. Leaf says, what's life without a challenge? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Lynn wrote, who is pressuring her to perform as an athlete? Is she trying to stop that activity? Yeah. You know what? That's funny, Lynn, that you say that because I do see a lot of teenagers that have a lot of anxiety and fear about not just getting better, but if they don't get better, who are they? What that relationship with their parents is going to look like? Because a lot of times their love is like transactional, right? That they think the only way mom or dad are going to love me or pay attention to me is if I score goals. And it's super sad, but I did think about that. And I did run some of what I thought would help, but don't think that's it. Just Uh, you also have to ask. They have to, emotions buried alive. Yeah. Is, was she in college on an athletic scholarship? No. No. Okay, that no. wasn't it. Yeah. Tiny, oh, thank you, Lee. Fudgy towers are tiny, low frit, but everywhere. German New Medicine asks us up to 18 months before onset. Yeah, I'll go back, everybody. Thank you. Alf is asking, what is the EMF frequency? I don't remember. I just look it up on the buddy. Yeah. So- 954 but don't quote me just get the buddy app and that's yeah that's where i sometimes i'll use the paper laminates yeah so federal frequencies sometimes help repair there's one for repairing yeah organs yeah i've tried though i tried that one i tried all of them (laughs) i mean after how many sessions have you had five yeah after five you've tried everything i feel like but I, but obviously I haven't because it's time to, to have the come to Jesus conversation about, yeah. okay, I'm, oh, Carrie, I got it right. 954. 
That's amazing. Bang, that's funny. What does Carol win? Chocolate. Let's throw some at her. Yeah, exactly. Jennifer wrote a comment here and then we'll get to an email. Thank you, Carol, for answering my email about treating my mother as she goes through breast biopsy that was performed this morning. Could you please talk about using protocols with 40 and 116, such as soft tissue or post-op, along with the protocols with 49, 116, such as immune support, or do these produce opposing effects? And also when not to use concussion in Vegas when trying to support the immune system. Better to run concussion only if only. Better to run concussion only. But the other thing is until the biopsy comes back, she doesn't have breast cancer. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the post-op breast day one, run that. And it does N62 and all of the breast tissues. And 40 and 116, I guess you could leave out, but until the biopsy comes back, she doesn't have breast cancer. So you can run breast health, but it's, if she had the biopsy this morning, you can use the magnetic converters because she'll be bandaged and then just run post-op breast. They want, they'll get the biopsy back in about, it just depends on the surgeon and the center where you're done any place between 24 hours and five days, I think. It just depends. So I continue running breast and reducing inflammation 40 and then do immune support. But if you're uncomfortable with if the bird on your shoulder says don't run 40 and 116, you go into your custom care software and you take it out. If you don't have magnetic converters, breast biopsies are usually done with a local and because they just take out the lump that they can see and so then you just use sticky pads so that they cross on the breast but that's a good question you just use the little two by fours and if you're uncomfortable with 40 and 116 leave that out and just run 40 and all of the tissues that are involved you can use towels just above and below but just not through the wound no, you can't even use towels because she'll be bandaged. I've had breast pops biopsies before. Actually, I made him do a lumpectomy because it was my junior year in chiropractic college. And mid, I, he said, well, let's wait six weeks. And I said, no, we're not going to watch it because then I'll spend the next six weeks worrying about it. So just take it out and tell me what it is. Okay. And it was nothing. So it was fine. But okay. and I didn't have FSM then anyway. But I right. just used sticky pads because you don't want to get the bandage wet gotcha depending on how big the thingy is speaking of carrie carrie has one sorry i was gonna go on to an email but there's another one somewhere yeah i sent this via email too so it might be a repeat go over the questions you would ask when looking for a surgeon for a hip replacement oh dear but the anesthesia part gets confusing as i don't understand what they give that is necessary and what they give and when they give it that might be mitigated and avoided by using FSM. Oh my. When you are looking for a surgeon for hip replacement, he has to refer you to the surgeon. That's the first thing. And that's usually your general practitioner. The question I asked my GP was, I need a hip replacement and I need a hip replacement surgeon that is not a jackass Uh, because some of them are arrogant and they don't talk to you and the other thing i would suggest i 
this guy was perfect, so I didn't have to shop. And you interview the surgeon, and you don't tell him you're interviewing him. Tell me about my hip replacement and how you plan to do it. And he should have current x-rays and look at them and show you what he's going to do. Anterior replacements are done these days because they're easier on the surgeon. They have less tissue to move apart. It's easier to pop the joint out and you don't have to cut muscles and then reattach them. It's faster. So the insurance companies pay more for it because you use less operating room time. So they're doing more and more anterior replacements. My guy did them, did the training for a year, did four anterior hips, didn't like them because of the outcomes. They scar more mm-hmm. as you're moving aside the femoral plexus, the femoral arteries and popping the hip out the front. And they tend to scar more and have a more difficult. Of course, I only see the ones that fail. So back to your original question, how do you pick the surgeon? You ask for a surgeon that's not a jerk. Then you go talk to that surgeon. And if you like him and you can talk to him and he answers your questions, great. The other conversation I have with surgeons is I want to use microcurrent after the surgery to prevent bruising and increase healing. And the only surgeon that I let get away with saying no was my cardiac surgeon. And because he was thoughtful about it, he said, would you mind if I said, no, I have a certain protocol. And the only times I've ever had trouble with this surgery is when I've broken my protocol. So he was trained in Texas. He wrote the first paper on Lima to LAD bypasses in 1968. So that's the other thing is you want a surgeon that's over 45. Because until then, they get finished with residency with PTSD and exhaustion when they're about 41. And actually, surgeons in their 50s are better. So he should have some gray hair. He should touch you and do a physical exam on your hip. And being respectful to him as you ask these questions, like which procedure do you use and why, anterior, posterior, have you tried both? And most of the hip replacement surgeons, that's all they do. Or hips and knees. That's their specialty. So there you go. Yeah. And then I'm going to use microcurrent directly afterwards. It reduces bruising. It increases the rate of healing and reduces scarring. And I need to use it within four hours of the surgery. And then the other question is, how long after the hip replacement are your patients discharged? Insurance these days make it a almost a day procedure. You stay overnight, PT in the morning, and you're out in the afternoon. And the other question is, what anticoagulant do you use pre-op and post-op? And that's an important one, because the most common side effect of hip replacements that are done without anticoagulants is stroke. 
and DVTs. So you usually go on warfarin or some anticoagulant, probably Zeralto these days, three days, no, the night before. And then how long do you keep them on it afterwards? So ask about anticoagulation. Those are reasonable questions. If he gets pissed off and you ask them, say thank you very much at the end of the exam. Don't schedule the surgery and find another two or three surgeons to talk to and use the one that you get along best with that is the easiest to talk to and is probably the oldest. Removing anesthesia, anesthesia during surgery, there's two things. We don't remove anesthesia or we do remove use the frequency to remove anesthesia in day one, day two, and sometimes day three. The anesthesiologist, the surgeon thinks he's God in the OR. And I've been in enough ORs as a pharmaceutical rep and as a patient. The most important person in the operating room is the anesthesiologist. So the anesthesiologist, you don't get to meet. And they don't know who your anesthesiologist is going to be until that morning. So you show up at the hospital at seven o'clock or whatever time in the morning, and you're in your gown and you're in pre-op. And this nice lady comes in and puts your IV in, but they don't give you any drugs. Because you have to talk to the anesthesiologist and sign the consent for the surgery before you have any medication. All right. So anesthesia, you need to know what you're sensitive to, and he'll ask you. I'm very sensitive to drugs. And then the thing I tell them is I make my living with my vocal cords and my brain. As far as I'm concerned, you are the most important person in the operating room. And every single anesthesiologist has said, and I think I added it up, I've had 13 surgeries with general anesthesia. And so the anesthesiologists are 100% of the time, oh, it's a team effort. And I said, yes, I know you have to say that, but you're the guy that's going to keep me alive. He has to do the surgery, but you're the guy that's going to keep me alive because they do. And stuff happens. Yeah. And it's helpful. I think if you get your 23andMe done and send it to NutraHacker before your surgery so that you can look over the detoxification and drug SNPs that you have. So I can go into surgery in the last 10 years and say, I have a CYA1A1, CYP1A1. It's a liver detoxification pathway that gives me trouble with certain anesthetics. And if you give me fentanyl, I will barf. So let's not do that because they do that pretty routinely. And I know that about me and fentanyl because of how much barfing I do after surgery. So that's all I can think of. That's good. The only other question that we had emailed was from Debbie. Debbie had a quick question on the Q&A. How close to an injury do you need to place anything? Will the frequency not find itself? Yes and no. Like we, that's why we sandwich. That's why we run things above and below. I know for a fact with athletes, when you're using stickies with an acute fracture or an acute tear, if you can get 
condense that current as much as possible. Yes, it will find itself, but why not condense it to expedite everything? Condense is the word. You want current density at the area of injury. So you always like you have to run when you treat a nerve, you have to go from where the nerve starts to where the nerve ends. Right. Like I did this last week, I was treating somebody that had an S1 hyperesthesia. And for convenience, I wrapped the towel across the top of his toes, because he was really tall. And I didn't have the towel on S1. And at the end of 50 minutes, S1 was still hypersensitive and it's duh. So I grabbed another towel and wrapped it around the bottom of his foot and was 30 minutes behind schedule, but then S1 was normal. She had another question that was emailed talking about multiple machines. So if you had a few machines, would you still have the same effect if you ran them all at the same time, such as 91, 13 on A with 142, 77, 62, 396 on B? With two machines, one using 91 and one using 13, plus the B channels at the same time. Or if you had four machines, 91 running on all four, each B frequency on all four machines. I guess it de- for me, it depends on what you need to know and yes. how much is obvious. So right. you run disc subacute on the low back. And the patient has had a knee replacement and you're trying to figure out what's going on in the leg. So she has one machine that's running 40 and 396 from her low back to her foot because she's got this disc thing, but she had a knee replacement and she still has pain around the knee and down the leg. It's okay. So that's when I use the precision care and it turned out that it was torn and broken in the quadriceps tendon because of what they do yeah and scarring in the nerve yeah and metallic toxin in the bone marrow and scarring in the bone marrow is when everything let go See, what you just described is something that I want to talk about and we'll bank it for next time. But Debbie, so just because you have four machines, I don't think there's any value in running the same frequency pair on all four machines because nothing ever happens in isolation or in a vacuum. Even with 91 and 13, like your typical scarring protocols, how did it get scarred? Something tore, something bled, something had trauma. There were all these events that happened before, let alone what happened to the nerve and the central nervous system and the cord. So if you have four machines, I think it's a waste of time to run four machines on the exact same frequency. Or on the exact same tissue. Exactly. Yes. And it's when I tell people, I've had like multiple questions and emails this week and messenger about what, about what machines to buy. Right. This week I run mostly like four custom cares and one precision care that I run by hand. Yep. And, and here's, sorry, I'm looking at EMS and Kevin says there are lots of EMF protecting blankets on Amazon. There are lots of trinkets that, protect against emf george spent twelve hundred dollars on this copper coil thing that you put within a number one how do they prove they work that's i've never seen any of them that have any data that show 
they just say, here, this block's EMF, okay? Right. It's $150. So, oh, EMF meters. It says blankets. No, I'm saying to test. Oh, Debbie just wrote, but how do you do scar and remove calcium at the same time on one tissue? Why would you? Yeah. Find out is it scarred or is it calcium? So you wouldn't run them at the same time, I wouldn't think, unless you're sure it's both of them. But even still, you could go back and forth because it's not going to resonate with two. It's going to resonate. You may have to undo some of the adhesions first before the calcium or the calcium before the scar, but there's a chicken and an egg somewhere. Yeah. I'm all about the chicken, except when it's the egg. (laughs) Okay. It's four o'clock. My alarms are going off and I have to share this quote because the synergy quote was actually really good. Okay. Go. Synergy is better than my way or your way because it's our way. Absolutely. Yeah. So we all have to go back to our patients and make sure that they are aware that this is a team effort. And the only way for my treatment to be successful is if I get all the information. Yeah. And when you're treating young people, did I tell you the story about the 10 year old? Yes. Yeah. That one. It's like, this is between you and me and we form a team. Yeah. And so I need to know. Oh, I love that quote. Say it again. That's cool. Energy is better than my way or your way because it's our way. Yes, we are in this together. I'm so grateful for my synergistic group that I got to debrief with. And if anybody has any more ideas, I'll, <laughs> I'm willing to take them on and I will share the results next Wednesday. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. The Frequency Specific Microcurrent Podcast has been produced by Frequency Specific Seminars for entertainment, educational, and information purposes only. The information and opinion provided in the podcast are not medical advice, do not create any type of doctor-patient relationship, and unless expressly stated, do not reflect the opinions of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or sponsors, or the hosts, or any of the podcast guests or affiliated professional organizations. No person should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content provided in any podcast without first seeking appropriate medical advice and counseling. No information provided in any podcast should be used as a substitute for personalized medical advice and counseling. FSS expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on or any contents of this podcast.